Hello and welcome to Horror. This is a fortnightly podcast in which myself, Lee, and Adam will be taking our friend Chris on a journey through the twisted world of horror cinema in the hopes of introducing him to some of the many delights the genre has to offer. The premise is very simple. We will sit down together and watch a film. As soon as it's finished, we will sit down and record the podcast immediately afterwards. As such, it will be very spoiler-heavy, and we do suggest you watch the film yourself before listening to the podcast, not only so we don't spoil it, but also so you know exactly what we're talking about. At the end of each discussion, we'll decide what film we'll be watching next, and we'll let you know so you have a fortnight to watch it yourselves, and then come on our journey with us again. Along the way, there will be facts, laughs, opinions, probably quite a lot of swearing. Any full frontal nudity will be completely irrelevant, as this is audio only. So, with the introduction over, it's now time for the podcast. Thanks for listening. to horror uh, as promised uh, this evening we are covering House of a Thousand Corpses how have I forgotten it we've only just finished watching it not ten minutes ago that's impressive oh, yeah, yeah. Um, or or to put it as Rob Zombie would yeah <laughs> thank you for that I might say I might say yes like that throughout this it was yeah. like yeah. irritating in the room. It, it was wasn't it oh for the benefit of the tape that wasn't really Rob Zombie it was Adam yeah not Rob, Robert Zombie Robert Zombie we haven't sorry, been sorry um, yeah so uh, a lot gorier a lot faster mm. a lot flashier than anything we've seen before what do you think well I think that is exactly what I imagine goes on in Rob Zombie's head <laughs> most of the time so that that fitted exactly um, uh, yeah and I saw what you meant in a way about the different sections because it was almost uh, it was kind of comedy elements you know the first bit I suppose especially because the, the actor as you said was from The Office oh yeah, yeah so that yeah. so I'd first sort of get over that little bit but yeah um, and it it did seem to keep on progressing, getting darker and darker, and you know, little elements of are they going to be alright? They're definitely not alright now. <laughs> that's that's not good. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah. So it was it was really great style, and I suppose it's really got all the elements of what I imagine makes a classic kind of horror slasher. It's, yeah, it's, kind of mix. It's definitely a cult classic. Um, yeah, I think that's what I love about it specifically. Yeah, story-wise, there's nothing particularly new or original, mm. but it just looks beautiful. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, I've always thought that with his music videos. He's got a really yeah. good mm. style and aesthetic, um, and he moved it over to horror perfectly in, in this one, at least. I mm. think, yeah, I think he, like you said, this is... Pro- this is probably the movie that is so clearly a Rob Zombie movie. Mm. Like all the others where he's actually sort of moved into, um, you, you know, he's sort of 
holding technique or whatever like that, or he takes a more straight ahead uh, sort of tech, like sort of filming technique, because you have so many jumps between formats, like the like film stocks, and you go to like Super yeah, 8 and home yeah, movies to give it yeah. that sort of sort of a sort of snuff movie sort of film, and also yeah. a bit grindhouse and like the sort of killers home videos sort of buzzy sort of looking mm. stuff. But all of that is like Rob Zombie videos and everything. It is mm. pretty much. I, to me, it's got that thing where you know when people say they do like their first book, and they put everything in it yeah. because they're thinking I might not get a second book, <laughs> and it's yeah. that same sort of thing. I think he's got like right. I definitely want to do this. I definitely that. want to do yeah. that. I've definitely got to have that in it, and yeah. And it does feel very akin to like the visual style of White Zombie and Rob mm. Zombie. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so bright and so garish and so colourful. Like the cutaways and stuff that don't mean anything or add up to anything, but are just there to look good and just keep you in that mm-hmm. in that mood and that mindset that he, he clearly has on everything that he touches. Definitely, higher entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the acting as well, you know, and the cast of characters, I thought they all mm. fit, fit the bill just right that's the thing you you care so much about that four as you say that first part where it feels like a comedy you really like them and they're sort of they're the way they are together is really believable are you talking Mm. about the the the, for want of a better expression the victims yes Yes. because that's how I had to list it when I was (laughs) trying to work it out in the cast I did the fireflies the victims the police and everyone else yeah yeah Um, the victims yeah I really liked them, and I thought they worked really well together. It was a really oh yeah, no, the believable dy- dynamic. Yeah, mm. very much so. I mean, I personally think I am I'm on Captain Spaulding's side, <laughs> probably pretty. Yeah. But I mean, he, he is a, a character. I think <laughs> yes, but I think I think I find uh, although I think they're a really good dynamic and they're quite believable, and not they're not too. You know, the typical way to do it is you have very um, sort of one-dimensional. Yeah. T- basically. Really like cookie, yeah. cookie cutter type. Yeah, you get you get a series of you get a series of vaguely, uh, basically unlikable teams. Uh, that one's that. That one's that. That one's that. Chop them to pieces. Mm. Whereas these these people actually feel like they did go out. You know, you, like they felt real. Yeah. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, is I probably would have been irritated by at least two of them, <laughs> and I think so. I end up on Spalding's side immediately of just being, yeah, let's dick with them. So, <laughs> so, so what I hadn't totally realised or necessarily still understood, Spalding is somehow connected with with the crazy cat. family. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it doesn't explain that it, exactly, does it? I didn't no, miss anything. No, it doesn't because it doesn't really make that connection. No, it, not until the next film oh, okay. where yeah. you discover that the husband who set fire to the house is Spalding. So he oh, was married okay. to Karen Black and he's the father of... I didn't think it was that way around because the in in because there is... The weird thing is The Devil's Rejects, which is the follow-up to it, and Otis is in it. Um, he was the baby. autistic the, one. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, Otis, Baby, Mama Firefly... Tiny, Rufus, like the whole lot of them come back. Um, but the the end sequence, like the Doctor Satan mm. sequence, doesn't play into it. 
Um, grandpa's not in it, but then Grandpa died. In be- actually, Grandpa died in between this getting made and coming out. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was because it was made. This was made. It was made in two thousand by. It was made in two thousand. It was Universal Studios, which is why there's loads of Universal imagery and Universal clips in it and stuff. And then they kept saying to Rob Zombie they didn't want to do the. What is it, Pete? The, um, the R-rated, R-17? Yeah, yeah. They NC-17. Want... NC-17 or whatever it is, I think, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it, NC-17. They they didn't want... They wanted it to be like PG-13, which basically means anyone can go and see it, hmm. which is... It's actually... very far from that. No, that's the thing. Is it's, <laughs> it's a bugbear in horror at the moment anyway. Because a lot of horror films, they're sort of saying, oh, it's got to go to a teenage audience, therefore we need PG-13. Whereas really, traditionally, horror films, you know, NC-17 is our 18. But PG-13 over there is like our, it's kind of 12. Yeah, yeah, I guess. You know, it's kind of you, you can come in alone at 13, or it's parental guidance sort of thing. But you, so it would be roughly a 12 over here. Um... And, yeah, there's loads of... Because it's like the team market, you need to get the team market, even though 17 is team. Um, you need to get the team market, so all horror films, they ask them to... They try and make them... Um, able to be released. Able, which yeah. means they come over here in their 15s, hmm. and just... I I think it is something you can't... You can do horror at 15. I don't care. You know, you can do horror in a PG if you do it right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean... In a, in a curious way, apart from the scares, the uh, the woman in black does not feature anything that you could not show a child. No, definitely. Apart from the sheer arse-wrenching terror of the woman <laughs> in black. But everything else, you know, there's no gore, there's no swearing, there's no yeah. violence particularly, you know, there's... It's very just sinister, eerie, yeah, it's, it's the, yeah, it's the mood thing. Mm. There are a lot of very good, mm. like, 15-rated horror movies, but this... Is not one, yeah. of the, one of the things about this is just the non stop. And how do you cut that down? <laughs> you would to literally be, a PG... be left with 45 minutes of the movie. I think, I th- you would I have think to cut it in half. I think you'd get, you'd get the middle, you'd get as far as like baby pulling the flick knife mm. and then going off, and then it'd be like, no, you'll have to cut the rest of the film after that, really. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can't have a scalping, we can't have fish boy, we can't have. To be fair, it was actually quite entertaining at that point because I, I was wondering what was going to happen when they were in the house. Yeah. Whether it was just going to go straight into, um, you know, chaos. Mm. But yeah, there was, that was still quite interesting to see uh, them sort of building up the story. They like Halloween and they're going to get them involved mm. and they're being a bit friendly, maybe. And then, yeah. Yeah, because I, th- I think there's, there's, there's a weird sense. I mean, not so much Otis because he's clearly fucked. Yeah. But there is a weird sort of, and I mean, well, they're all fucked. But there is a weird sense where if you were, if you turned up and were polite and deferential, yeah, you you'd have had a great Halloween yeah. night. Yeah. Instead, yeah. you know, it sort of went badly, and then it goes worse and worse yeah. and worse. But yeah, so I, I did think it was a bit gutsy of the girl to, to oh, get yeah. that, that strawberry with her straight away. I thought, yeah, well, be a little bit. Well, and especially seeing as your car has broken down. Yeah, I know. And you, you've trusted yeah. them to fix it. And they've it. fixed it for yeah. you at 10 o'clock at night. And you're the... in their house. Yeah. And you don't know. They've given you but dinner. But then that probably mm. explains how they got into that mess in the first place, really. 
I think well, bright enough, but not quite seeing some of yeah. the signs. I think well, I think not only that, but also I think it's that, and in a weird way, there's almost it's almost part of the suppose it's redneck horror, hillbilly mm, yeah. horror, or something like that, and which isn't it isn't necessarily a hillbilly thing, but it's like a killer thing, mm. whereby up to a point. You think everyone is, you know, if this kicked off, I'm calling the police. Not these fuckers. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean that. Like after they've got dragged them out of the car, and I, I sort of hadn't, I haven't seen it for ages. <laughs> like when they dragged him out of the car, and Otis is on the uh, front, uh, like on the bonnet of the car, yeah, screaming, yeah. like screaming with the pipe mm. like that. That was like, yeah, that that's it. They own you now. Yeah. And regardless of whatever consequences are coming their way, you are screwed. Yeah. Mm. And it's yeah, that no sort of way of getting out of it. And it's... I think it is that sort of classic biting off more than you can chew. I mean, not that they in any way deserve what they get, but it is that sort of thing of, do you know what I mean? They sort of, at, at a certain point, you're like, these fuckers are crazy. Mm. And then she pulls a knife and they panic, you know, and they're like, no, shit, this is for real. This is a bit, you know, this could go wrong. And then it goes really fucking wrong. <laughs> and even even like when the police and the father turn up. Yeah, yeah. Because again, at that point, you know, it, it could have been in another film where the police managed to save them yeah. somehow. Or the dad, because the dad's yeah. involved yeah, as well. You kind of you think, think that maybe yeah. there's a bit of hope there. That yeah, but you do assume the fact that he's got a part in that film. Mm. You do assume that he's going to be the one who saves them all or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he could have been a hero. Yeah. But Until he opens the door and it's like, uh, <laughs> he's looking a bit... No, dead in a puddle. But then I think, and again, that's part of the sort of situation of it, is because it's like, it's almost... I mean, what sort of a combination is that to have happen to you? You're stuck there. Your parents mm. are always, like, your saviours. Yeah. That's like a fundamental thing from being a kid. Yeah. And the police yeah. are your saviours mm. because whatever else you might have done, you haven't done this, and you are clearly, yeah. you know, in yeah. trouble. Thank fuck, the police are here. Mm. And then shit, you kill yeah. the parent, you kill yeah. the police, and it's like fuck. We are genuinely fucked because mm. these people yeah. don't care about killing coppers. Yeah, yeah. Or do you know what I mean? They they yeah. are gone. Yeah. Whatever goes on here. And whatever's happening to them afterwards, whatever punishments are meted out to them, it's I, not going to help me. Uh, yeah. It doesn't help me in this situation. I am now in hell. Yeah. This is, every step I take is probably going to be worse than the previous one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's weird because, like, the uh, sorry, we yeah, because we, we were saying about it, like, Devil's Rejects, which is the mm. sort of sequel, um, does feature the Firefly clan, as they're called, but it doesn't, it's, um, and you get the idea that Spalding's more involved. But what I was saying was that, that, you know, the weird creature with the goggles? Yeah. Mm. He's called Earl, which is who... Oh, is he really? Yeah, which oh, okay. is who Mama Firefly says set fire to the house. Yes. So I don't know, maybe in The Devil's Rejects they've changed that because a lot of <coughs> stuff changes. I don't know if it was spoken, I just assumed. Oh, because right. it was okay. him on the run with them, yeah. he was clearly in partnership with him. I was like, yeah. he's clearly about the right age to be their father. Yeah, so would have, it, would have made, it would have made sense, to be honest. 
and I like, just assumed that that was because there's sort of certain things because in this I didn't real I didn't realise it and sort of probably because I hadn't seen it for ages and also because I watched The Devil's Reject subsequently so I've got that hmm. overlapping it I didn't realise for example that Otis is meant to be Albino yeah which he isn't in Devil's Rejects no 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 but and, in this he's very much and, yeah. and it's weird because Devil's Rejects feels almost like a slight like a different director came along to do the rest of the story okay. because it's it's not. It doesn't have the sort of reality flashes. It doesn't do a mm. lot. It doesn't do the sort of grungy video stuff. It's done in a completely different style to that. Okay. That is almost like sort of Badlands or something like a spree killer film, sort of like seventies killer film. Whereas mm. this is much more. If anything, it's just it's much more Rob Zombie. It's yeah. much more his aesthetic. Before you and and weirdly, it's like at the start of that whole grindhouse sort of resurgence. But it's before that became about oh, let's put video lines in and cigarette burns at the side yeah. of the screen. He don't bother with any of that, but he just and the thing is, I hadn't realised like when you watch it with the credits, the credits are a really old video font. Yeah, as it looks now, but it wouldn't have at the time. It was just that of its time. Yeah. But now I've come, I've come to realise that it's an old film now. You know, yeah. it's over ten years old. So. Yeah, nearly fifteen at this point, I think. Well, it, yeah, made in two thousand. It was oh, yeah, two thousand. Yeah, and released in two thousand three. Yeah, because Universal basically they fell out, and so yeah, okay. Universal shelved it, and then Lionsgate bought the rights, right. and they released it. Um, and Lionsgate. But that, that's why stuff. he wouldn't have been able to use any of the clips. Either. Oh no, no, because I think that's I think that was part of the deal, like of coming out of it. So he still got um, because yeah, I I jotted down because I'd forgotten a few of them. I knew the old dark house was in there, yeah. which is weirdly enough has that early, the sort of early part of the film when they go to when they go to the house and it's just the fucked up night. That's kind of like a very a kind of a take on the old dark house because the old dark house is. Um, they get trapped in a storm, don't yeah, they? Yes, a few travellers get trapped in a storm, end up at this weird mansion. Boris Carlos, the hulking, possibly murderous butler. Uh, what's his name? Edward Edward Thessinger? The guy who's oh, Dr. Pretorius yes. in Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, and, so, and they just end up in this house full of like weirdos and creeps. And it's kind of the same, you know, not, not the same, but it's has the same sort of mentality as that early half of the film. Yeah, it's a much more mm. old school, sort of universal feel. Yeah, it's it's almost same. like ending up with the Adams family, but, yeah. uh, but okay, a, a yeah. genuinely murderous, sort of horrible version of the Adams family. That definitely sounded like this, did they? No, they had the, the monsters. monsters. All right, yeah, holla, yeah. From the episode Hot Rod Herman. Well done. I should have to look that one up in my uh, box set as I've not seen that episode in a very And it's time. the one with the Dracula, which it obviously is a Rob Zombie, Zombie song. Uh, yeah. That's where the name comes from, is it's okay. uh, Grandpa's coffin-shaped drag yes. racer, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's right. I have seen... Oh, no, I didn't, sorry. I didn't see that. I saw their um, their other one. Oh, their car souped up as well. Yeah, yeah like the, the one that was painted by Von Dutch. Um, I saw that up in the Lake District. It oh, was cool. at a car show there. Oh, wow. So I managed to get a few foot away from it, which was like, in a complete, I was the only person walking around this <laughs> car museum. Yeah, and they had nice. that there. A couple of Fast mm. and Furious ones. And, yeah. yeah. Did they have a Batmobile? 
they had three Batmobiles. Mm. That's three. that. Yeah. yeah, you can't be a car music if you haven't got a Batmobile. You can piss off. Or you're not a car music. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, and oh, obviously, and there was a bit from House of Frankenstein, but most importantly, a bit from The Wolfman, yes. which I totally forgot yes. was in there. Lovely. Mm. And, and there you go. There was one you knew. Yeah. So yeah, but I think it's um, right. Uh, I think. What else have I jotted down? I've got any notes here. I've got notes. Oh, one of the fetuses in a jar. This is just mm. out of the blue. One of the fetuses in jars that turns up in mm. it. That couldn't put, I couldn't tell you which one it was, but one of them is from Alien Resurrection. Uh, oh, cool. It's one of the false Ripley's. You know, oh, like the, okay. the, clone, mm. the failed clone Ripley's. Yeah. So, so is yeah. that Excellent. another... Uh, what is it... Uh, what we call him? Unsung hero. Unsung, <laughs> it's an unsung hero, definitely. I don't know if we've got many unsung heroes in this. I think we've just got a lot of people who did a lot of work and then finally got yeah. famous. Mostly through this, actually. I think yeah. a lot of people had a resurgence for it. Oh, yeah, like Bill Mosley, I think. Yeah. yeah and Sid Haig. And, yeah, it's... So who is the one from the office? That is... Uh, what is his name? It is Rain Wilson. Okay, so I think he was the only one that I yeah. recognised. Um, you said he was in something else, some other yes, series? Yes, he was in a Netflix one uh, series called Backstrom, which was mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, I, right, don't okay. like, I don't like crime dramas, I don't watch any of those CSI yeah. or any of those type of shows, but I really enjoyed Backstrom. And again, I only watched it because I liked him in House of a Thousand Corpses, mm. despite the fact his character is a complete dick. Yeah. I thought he played it very well. He plays it brilliantly. Mm. Yeah. So I am... Um, yeah, so I decided to watch Backstrom and thought it was amazing. Yeah. Season two, please, Netflix. Thank you. <laughs> they are listeners, I understand. <laughs> but, obviously, Captain Spaulding. So you've got Captain Spaulding, uh, who is uh, played by a guy called Sid Haig, um, who's, who's also, also plays Captain Spaulding in Devil's Rejects and El Superbeast, though. Yeah. They do turn up in that, which is Rob Zombie's animated film that he made... Oh yeah, check that out. It was um, he did um, Halloween and Halloween Two before he did El Super Beast Oh right, okay. Which I hadn't sort of realised. El Super Beast is I I, it, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's really good. You have to be in the mood for very puerile humour because it is just cartoon. It's like knob and minge gags just for an. It's yeah. really furry freak brothers or what is it? Crumb, Robert Crumb, that kind of thing yeah, where it's just yeah, sort of possibly, crude, yeah. um, animated. But it's really good fun, and it's it, it does make me chuckle. I've watched it three or four times now, and it still makes me laugh. So mm. okay, and but yeah, so Captain Spaulding, that the actual character appears in that, but also he's in Halloween and Lords of Salem uh, with Rob Zombie. Uh, the film that me and Lee obsess over. He's in a film called Spider Baby, mm. which is him and Lon Chaney Jr. from The Wolfman. Oh, right. And okay. that is that is definitely something we're watching at some point. I, oh, I can God, only yes. suggest, because we must be. I've got a lovely we're, arrow print of that. Oh, it's beautiful, That you it? bought me for Christmas, I think. I yeah, think the, that Blu-ray looks fucking incredible. That it, does. For a film of that age, it's, it's the same with the Universals, though. The, mm. You know, the, their Blu-rays are stunning. I think we need to make a list of all the films that I definitely mustn't watch if I just happen to fancy watching some horror. <laughs> because I, I started to watch Silent Hill just because I saw it on Netflix the other day. I like and Silent Hill. You do? Okay. Silent Hill's pretty good, actually. I can't remember. I, I think I actually went to see it at the cinema, but 
I can't remember what happens in it. So I, I went to see it at the cinema and um, literally just it was me and Dean and basically we went in there because it was really hot and we thought it'll be aircon because mm-hmm. <laughs> we were lakeside and it was like a sod it you know we're going we're going off Silent Hill. But it was it's from a computer game, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, that's probably why I went. I think just. But yeah, just before the credits rolled, he buggered off. I'm sitting in a cinema alone. It's like. <laughs> This don't bode well. If that yeah. fucking like air raid warning goes off, and I end up in like an alternate <laughs> version of this cinema, yeah, I don't need this. Um, but why? Why was that? Oh yeah. Oh, in case I happen to watch something that I shouldn't watch. Well, okay. I think I think I mean Spider Baby. I can't imagine. Yeah. That so on that's Netflix that's also a white zombie song, isn't it? Or he's no, it's in Astro Group Two Thousand. He says Spider Baby. I think he does. Yeah. Because for some reason that word stuck in my mind and I've loaded it to... It's also, it's also in Father Ted. They claim that at the Craggy Island Fair they've got a spider baby. So is is that some sort of mythological... No, no, no. I think in Father Ted I think they're just pissed about and right. spider baby is... It's a game. In yeah. in it there's... there's, a, there's a, Again, it has a kind of House of a Thousand Corpses kind of feel. It's that okay. strange thing of normal people coming to a house of weirdos. Mm. Yeah. And... One of the one of the children of this family, it's the Merrill Merry family, and um, like uh, Sid Haig and uh, there's Sid Haig who's like the son, and the two daughters who are being looked after by the butler who is Lon Chaney Jr. And um, yeah, it's just a, one of them plays a game called Spider, uh, and yeah. That's where it comes from, a spider baby. Yeah, but there isn't actually a... There's not a spider baby, no. She just That's, has a pet tarantula that she keeps in her writing desk. Yeah. Um, but Sid Haig is also in THX 1138, which is the early George Lucas yeah, film that he did okay, before. which I really always meant to watch. And oh, it's, it, is, it is really worth a watch. Yeah. And also, um, the own, and THX 1138, obviously THX became Lucasfilm's... Mm. Sound design thing, yeah. and one one three eight is the cell that Princess Leia's in, mm. <laughs> Death Star. Mm. Cell block one one three eight. Nice. Um, he's also in a film now. I've not seen this film. Uh, Lee, have you seen Galaxy of Terror? No. Right. He's in this with Grace Zabriskie, aka um, Laura Palmer's mum, Sarah oh, right. Palmer. Yeah. Erin uh, Moran, who died recently. Um, from Happy Days, Joni from Happy Days. Oh, right. And Robert England. Oh, right. Wow. And it's called, yeah, Galaxy of Terror. I don't know. Is it a space movie? Space movie, apparently. Space horror movie. Oh. We've we've missed this one. Digging that Um, He's in Kill Bill Volume 2, and then because of, because of doing House of a Thousand Corpses, he got a lot, he now does lots of essentially cheap horror movies, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's in something Night of the Living Dead 3D, Brotherhood of Blood with Ken Forey, who's in Devil's Rejects with, Haunted Casino with Michael Berryman, who's also in Devil's Rejects yeah. with, Hatchet 3. I've got um, Haunted Casino actually, but I've got it under. Uh, I think it's called. I think it's titled as Hand of the Dead. Oh, right, okay. But it's the same full moon movie. I'm I think it might try be. Try to imagine how that can go. Well, it's, it's yeah. a full moon movie. It goes how all full moon movies. We'll introduce you to full moon. Okay. Well. Yeah, because you said this to Claire, and I didn't know what you meant. So, so full moon productions who did. Oh right, um, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so who? Yeah, who make uh, the shrunken head movies and the uh, demonic dolls? And right. 
all of the um, Puppet Master films. Oh, right, okay. No, fair enough. Uh, no, you I thought was... Full Moon was a type of... I, I wasn't sure if it was a genre. Yeah. I, the one thing I knew it wasn't is I knew he wasn't recommending Twilight because <laughs> I know he would rather yeah. hang. Yes. So, <laughs> um, but he's in Bone Tomahawk, which I still haven't seen I really have to. Oh, I've um, got that queued up as well, Kurt Russell again. And he's in a film I have got to see this fucking film. Mm-hmm. It's in a film called Razor. came out last year mm-hmm. in which a group of people encounter a sort of Puritan cult somewhere between the Amish and Scientology. And I believe that Sid Haig is the head of the cult in this film. And they own a hyena called Razor who can tell if you're pure or not. Mm. Oh, my God. And on the advertising poster that I saw for it, the hyena is played by a hyena called Fonzie. Oh and that's just you, do you know what I mean this just sounds like this, that just feels like a film I must have seen and I haven't he's, he's currently working <coughs> on uh, some shoots because I follow Scotchworthy Productions who oh, right, yeah, yeah. who've made It's My Party Yeah, uh, he's shooting a film with them at the moment called High on the Hog uh-huh. um, Yeah, which looks like a film about a redneck family who make weed oh, and right, he's okay. the head of the redneck family oh I also saw he was in, he was in a film called Big Little Top in which he's playing a disillusioned clown who smokes and drinks and swears. And it was like, oh, I wonder why they hired him. <laughs> I really you know do. What? He was the first name. Yeah, yeah no, the first and only name. <laughs> um, I also worked with Pam Greer in loads of films. Big Dollhouse, Big Birdcage, Black Mama, White Mama, Coffee, Foxy Brown. And then he turned up in Jackie Brown with her for Tarantino. I didn't know he did a load of exploitation. Yeah, yeah. It does surprise me. But yeah, oh, yeah. I'm completely unaware of but mostly he was... He, Pretty much every TV show that you can imagine in America, he appears to have been on every single one, <laughs> which I think is why he's popular. Now, I also found out he was a recurring villain in a TV series that we didn't get over here called Jason of Star Command, which seems to be part of that whole glut of like Battlestar Galactica, yeah. you know, post-Star Wars, mm-hmm. late 70s, early 80s, where they just do these things. And yeah, he was the main villain called Dragos. I have a picture of him in his costume here. Ooh. Oh my mm-hmm. shit! Yeah, I will. Po- I'll post that. Mm-hmm. Please um, do share that with our listeners. I will share that with uh, our listeners because that is a look. Yeah. So oh. I think I think I might have to. I don't think I'm going to be able to sit through the whole thing or afford to buy it. But I would like to. Uh, there must be an episode online somewhere. I've got to see it. Got to experience a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know. When I said four and a half, there, I meant as in that's weird, not mm. as in four. Oh, you would. You yeah, would. Before you post a picture and people go, Lee's got some very <laughs> strange sexual proclivities. <laughs> I said to Lee earlier as well, one of his early roles was for The Lucy Show, like I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. And he was in an episode called Lucy and the Monsters and he was playing The Mummy. So that's another thing. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill Mosley, Otis, <clears throat> again, is in Delta okay, Regis. See, I, I felt like I'd seen him in some things so yeah he's just changed on Massacre 2 he plays Chop Top which was his big yeah role because he because he did a student film called Head Cheese which I think was one of the original titles of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre it was in which he played the character there's a there's a hitchhiker character in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then he plays his twin brother Chop Top in um 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two mm. um, on the strength of how well he played like the the sort of role in that. He's in Halloween. Uh, he's oh yeah. One thing we forgot with Rob Zombie: Werewolf Woman of the SS. Make that film, Rob. Yeah, please, dude. We've been dying to yeah. see that for a long time. He's he's in Army of Darkness. He's the he captain is, yes. of the Deadites. Uh, <coughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I also I, I'd forgotten about it. He's in a perfect place, which is a short film. Um, it's him and um, oh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, you, he's one. He's a, a known genre person, much the same as Phil uh, Mosley. Um, but the reason I know that is because the scores might pattern. And so, no. so the short came out as a DVD with the album on it, Pickaxe. Nice. That's good. that's really good. Um, Blood Knight, The Legend of Mary Hatchet. Did we see that at Gorefest? We did see that at Gorefest. Yeah, because he's in it for about 30 he seconds. Plays he plays the drunken cemetery attendant yeah. who just turns up and drinks all the kids' beer. Yeah. I mean, it's a great role. But, I love yeah. that film. Um, totally and apparently that. he's in Texas Chainsaw 3D. Got that upstairs. I've not watched. Oh no, I haven't. Sorry, no, I haven't. I've got the. You haven't got that. No. Are you making promises? Uh, no, the three D <laughs> one is a new one, isn't it? I think what I've got is Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation, the one with oh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I've not seen it, but no. well, I don't think you're missing much. Um, oh, and apparently he was in Carnival. The TV series. I saw that a long time Possum, ago. Now his character was, but I don't. I don't remember it. But I don't remember that show. To be honest, it's no. been so long since I saw it. I don't know. It. I watched two seasons of it. I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> um, yeah, just let's see. Obviously, we mentioned uh, Rain Wilson. Mm. Oh, of the two coppers. Well, the t- the two who uh, go to the house and end up dead. <laughs> um, the character, the sheriff. Um, uh, sorry, the deputy Wydell, the big guy with the moustache. Yeah, he's Otis in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is one of the best just serial killer movies ever. And it is it is based on real life killers, okay. and he's one of the killers. And he, I'd forgot based on Henry Lee Lucas, yeah. not at all. Yeah, and it's Michael Rooker who was in like Walking Dead and. Um, more rats and stuff <laughs> um, as uh, Henry and he's yeah he's Otis the uh, sidekick stroke killer mm. which he's brilliant in um, he's also in the remakes of Night of the Living Dead and The Pit and the Pendulum so, and he I didn't know there was a remake of Pit and the Pendulum yeah it's got Lance Henriksen in it it's um, it's, it's oh shit no I've, it's Full Moon is it? That's a full moon. Oh, movie. there we go then. I have seen a full moon. <laughs> that isn't me. like any of the other full moons. Don't take that as well. Right, okay. I was like. going to say, because, uh, you know, I mean, like I said. Uh, They're normally little rubber pretend creatures that are very unconvincing doing very stupid right, things. Okay, not pervy Inquisition films. No, 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 right, no okay. that was very much out of the, uh, one out of the, uh, out of the normal for. Oh, and the the other guy who did really with the teeth and the, the really uptight sort of Texan guy, um, uh, that's a guy called Walton. Sorry, uh, yeah, Wydell is Tom Towles, and his brother is in like the character's brother is in the Devil's Rejects, and he's tracking them down for the murder of yeah, him. His brother, okay. So that gives you like the plot of that. I must. I did wonder 
how it was going to transpire when those policemen didn't turn up. Yeah. Would, would that... Oh, and yeah. Those little devil's rejects, they're on the road, that's the point. So they've nearly got right. caught and they've all okay. had to basically get in a car and just get uh, out. Yeah. And it's just well, following them, trying to just get across country, uh, not as quietly as possible, no. just killing loads of people yeah, for it's, no it's, reason Yeah, it's more of a fugue journey, isn't it? It's like, you know, sort of, we'll kill along the way. But that guy's Walton Goggins, who's now making a name for himself uh, in Tarantino films, because he's in Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight. Mm. Again, plating uptight southern people. I really like it. He's also in a TV show. Sons of Anarchy. No. Oh, because apparently he's in that as a um, as a uh, drag queen or something. Okay. Yeah, no, he's 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 in a show with the guy from East Band, Danny. Right. Uh, da- yeah, Danny McBride. Um, Vice principals. Yes, yes, I did see Vice Principals, yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw a couple of episodes and it was absolutely brilliant and then I got involved in doing a load of DIY and by the time I finished six weeks later I'd completely forgotten about it. But I need to go back because that guy is awesome and that was a really good show. Yeah. Um, I think I've been pretty much covered Sherry Moon, Rob Zombie's wife and, yeah. and um, she's basically in all Rob Zombie films. Uh, she was in Toby Hooper's remake of The Toolbox Murders which I'd forgotten to be okay. honest. Um, but I think that's the only thing she's done outside of like Rob Zombie okay. films. Do you know, but her acting in this was uh, was I mean it was all right. It was good. Like yeah. you know, you wouldn't pick her out and go, well, she's only in it because she's married to. It. I thought mm. she did a really no, good yeah, job. I'd... But in Lords of Salem, I thought she was amazing. She's I brilliant thought she did such a good job in that film. She's mm. brilliant. Like you say. You would not. Th- she doesn't. She doesn't have the feel of old producer's girlfriend. No. But everybody uh, slags him off so much for having him in every film. It's like you know, he he's married to her. Yeah. She looks amazing and she could act. If you made a film and didn't put her in, yeah. you're an idiot. It would Why seem weird you? that way around. Well, don't yeah. do that. But also, it's it's one of those things where he Rob Zombie uses the same people a lot. Mm. Yeah. He's used Sid Hagen stuff. He's used um, uh, like I said, Tom Towles, the guy who played. Uh, Wydell, he's in loads of stuff. Bill Mosley's in uh, uh, Werewolf Women of the SS, and obviously Devil's Rejects. And yeah, it's just mm. he has like a rep company. Yeah, you know. So and you wouldn't think twice. You don't think you know. Oh, Bill Mosley's only in it because he's his mate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, yeah like, like, there's no way I would have thought that he's just picked her because she's his wife. Well, like, I, I, I mean, let's fun. face it. I mean, I think it's a it's a role clearly written for her. Because oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, right, I want it you to fits. play a loony. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, good luck to him. Yeah. <laughs> I think Karen Black's brilliant in it. She's Mother Firefly, but she was like really big in right. the same She was big, yeah. Was she, was she not in um, American Pie? Was she not Stifler's mum? No, she <laughs> looks a lot like she, her. I was trying to work it out at points. She really did. She and then I wasn't like sure. Her, but but no, 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 I don't think she's in that. She's... She was in Easy Rider, she's in Five Easy Pieces. She's in Rhinoceros, which is, I'd forgotten, which is I've a great film. Rhinoceros is Zero Mustel and um, Gene Wilder mm-hmm. um, from The Producers, mm-hmm. but it's a play in which everyone... Gene Wilder Sorry. No, no, what I mean is they're both in The Producers. Oh, sorry. I mean. just, I was like, no, yeah. no, no, not Gene Wilder. Why have I picked that? Yeah. <laughs> Willy Wonka from <laughs> The Producers and, <laughs> and See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Actually, uh, actually, in one of my favourite all-time films, Haunted Honeymoon. Of course, Boom. 
Next. Right, talking of Doom Wilder, I put, because again, saw it on Netflix, and I saw Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory, I thought, oh, let's put it on. I don't think Shelley was too happy, because <laughs> it's a bit weird. It's super weird. But, and I didn't, we stopped it before the tunnel, but I got thinking, the tunnel was pretty horrific when I was young enough to watch it, and in my head, I remembered it being... Like worms and stuff coming out of people's face and eyes, but it's not, is it? It's just no. You know why you're thinking of... that though. Go on. Because it's at the start of Marilyn Manson's portrait of American Family. He does mm. the boat ride. He just does that. That the intro to Portrait of American Family is just. Wait, but I need to have seen that. Yeah, but I don't know if I have. <laughs> no, but then it's the video for like Dope Hat. Is the boat ride, I but it's got know like worms. Yeah, out. That maybe has got that it might, it's to possible it. that somewhere I've merged. Them. But I just wondered. One late night drunk on MTV. Well, uh, well <laughs> like, I, just, I just wondered. Is it that because I thought this was interesting that they were showing images that aren't. If they were shown in a nature documentary, they wouldn't be horror mm. or horrible. Mm. Particularly, I mean, it might be a little bit yucky depending mm. on what you think of those. But but the way they did it with the lighting and the sound and the music made it that. Intense, yeah, and and that's and it was interesting that okay, that is kind of what changes it over to become horror, yeah, getting those elements correct, and yeah, yeah, so making you feel that way. Are you picking up on this stuff? Yeah, well, so yeah, you're, you're but it definitely got me thinking. Yeah, what, what is it that you need to do to change something to make it that? You know. but, but it's curious because Tim Burton remakes Willy Wonka and doesn't so, follow that route. Yeah. Right, yeah, it made it less creepy. So. Yeah, yeah it's like because the, the original's kind of okay. The the original's creepy in spite of itself, and also Roald Dahl just naturally yeah. as a yeah. writer kind of works in that way. So the film channels that, but ostensibly it's a musical for kids. But I think Gene Wilder plays it really well yeah. because he has got a he is funny, likable, but a bit, a bit weird. Yeah, there's well, something. This is, this is the reason Marilyn Manson said that the reason he did the boat ride mm. is because he said um, Willy Wonka's a social Darwinist <laughs> because basically he allows them temptation. Yeah. And if they take, take it, it and fuck up, yeah. you're fucked. That's, yeah. Goodbye. Mm. You know, it's a way of wheedling out the yeah. arseholes. Yeah. Augustus Glute can disappear up his cocoa shoe. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's that kind of thing. And it's, you know, but all the kids who are rotten. Yeah, like I was trying to explain this to, yeah. to my three year old, and I was saying, oh. look, look, this girl that's shown on here, yeah, she's not likeable because she's being very bossy. What, oh, she, what's, what do you mean she's being bossy? Okay, this is complicated. <laughs> yeah. She, look, look at the way she's demanding and her tone of voice, and it's like, yeah, you can see it was all about showing you how yeah. not to be. Hopefully, you don't take from that and be influenced that, you know, you should act that way. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a morality tale. Oh, yeah. One nice kid and all the others are shit, well, and he's the only one who survives yeah. to the end of the film. And he nearly right? fails, doesn't he? Because yeah, he but then it's, yeah, but then it's because he, he redeems himself. He redeems himself yeah. against that. Yeah. So it's basically a slasher film <laughs> without a slasher. Yeah, it's he's the same thing. It takes a Charlie's the final kids. girl. Yeah, and he's the yeah. final girl. But do, do the oh other children God. actually survive? Like they yeah, do come I don't. I can't remember because in the book they do because yeah, I remember okay. distinctly them saying about them having to roll. Yeah, uh, is it Veruca Salt or Violet Beauregard who blows up? She blows up like yeah. Her. They Violet. have to roll her out, and Mike TV is holding his parents' hands, but he's taller than them because he's been because he gets miniaturised in the TV, doesn't yeah. he? So they have to stretch him on a rack. Uh, and so he ends up with 
yeah, so he ends up like really long, and he's yes, because when Charlie comes out of the elevator, when the elevator yeah. comes out the top of the building, he can see them coming uh, out of the factory, like yeah. and deformed, and mm. yeah, that's so almost they, worse. They don't then kill them, but they mess with the them. Yeah, yeah, they do have. They do. They learn a lesson in a physical manner. <laughs> yeah, because Augustus Gloop is like um, is sort of stretched again because he's they've had to pull him out of the tube where he gets stuck and so they do survive but hopefully the lesson has been learned yeah. that this is what what you were yeah but that's the thing is that so yeah that was Marilyn Manson's take on it and it and it is I think that Roald Dahl just genuinely has that sort of macabre thing yeah. I mean, he tells the yeah. unexpected and like his stuff for adults is really in that sort of zone you know? I mean, even his kid stuff is very, it's very, and you can just read it to a kid and they'll love it. But yeah, mm. as an adult, when you look at it, you, you can go, see, yeah. that is really dark in Jesus. Yeah. Like, it goes some really nasty, and but in such a fun way mm. that it, it yeah. never seems scary. But if you come out and look at it from the outside, you go, shit, mm. I don't know if this is for kids. See, I think it's British, I think it's a weird thing. I think it's like, because uh, I was reading this thing about, like, sort of 70s. Um, sort of seventies and eighties TV, where it was, it wasn't necessary. Nowadays, you probably wouldn't show it to kids, but no one was affected by it. It was shown to kids, yeah. and it was weird, or it was creepy, or do you know what I mean? And there'd be too much now where it'd be drawn back on it. And I think it's the same sort of thing. Is that there's like, like you say, you look at it and you think actually that's quite dark, but it's not in the Disney way, mm. because I always find Disney quite sort of like. There you go, your mother's dead! Dead! Look at her! There! It's in the fight! There! That's it, Bambi, you fuck! <laughs> Whereas we have like. Do, yeah, do it's you know a bit, what I mean? bit more understated. Yeah, it's, it's like, a bit. Well, it's, it's weirder oh, because it's like. Subtle. Um, what's it? James and the Giant Peach. Mm. Don't his parents get eaten? Like, like a, a, an elephant, and it's how he has oh, to go and live yeah. with his arms. Yeah, that's right. But it's, yeah. it's something bizarre, isn't it? It's yeah. almost like. Rather than sort of. It's still horrible. His yeah, he sort of has still being flashbacks or dreams. Yeah, about it but it's not. Start, it's not sort of like you know butchered yeah. in front of him. It's something weird, like they get eaten by an elephant, yeah. escape from the zoo or something. It's fucking mad. But as you say, it's worrying because what they do now, just not to worry you as a parent. Yeah, go on. But yeah, what they do is as kids, as you say, they kind of mother them too much and keep them too much away from all of that, and then one day. They are going to get hold well, of the internet, and they've not been given the proper tools in any way. to be yeah. ready for what they are going to be hit well, with well, so when this, they get this hold is, of it. Because I didn't understand for a while why so many children's um, fairy stories and stories do have this dark element to them, mm. and I think um, Roald Dahl does it in a particularly mm. good way. But yeah, a lot of them do, like Red Riding Hood. There's a wolf. Yeah. but and it is apparently to prepare children in a slightly nicer way. Yeah. That there are some bad things that uh, go on in the world. Yeah, there's you nothing know, so, you can do about it. Yeah. You just have to be And so ready. this is the best way to try and prepare them. I yeah. do remember reading this article about hamsters, though. It was like part of my... I think it was part of our English exam. And they had a thing where it was like... It was the, the semantics side of the English exam. You know, what language is used and etc. And one of these things was like the pros and cons of hamster use. And one of them was... They die early, so it teaches kids about death. Yeah. Mm. And apparently that's like a big thing where it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's why. And it's like, why? 
thinks he's giving this. Give him a nice fluffy thing. I'm going to die. Give him a cat or a dog, something that's going to grow with him. It might outlive him. Yeah, you know, not something that's going to cark it in like two seconds flat. So I've just realised I've no idea how House of a Thousand Corpses to lead us to the high points of life. You have reminded me of of Jennifer's gerbil that I remember. Is that clamped, clamped, (laughs) (laughs) clamped onto my finger? And I was shaking it, and then that turned up dead in my dad's shoe. Uh, but that didn't traumatise me. That somehow was. Yeah, but if it like, hadn't bitten bit you, would it have? No, I, 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 I don't know. It's this feels like a bold confession. So no. it's like, he bit my finger, he ended up dead in my dad's shoe. No, but, so anyone else think like, about biting me? So you watch think about it. that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my sister Lee. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do remember forgiving it, just I didn't go near it again. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I, but I, no, I don't know how we got there. I have not. Sorry, sorry, That's cool. That's I hope you enjoyed the journey. But we, don't, <laughs> we don't know how we did it. But I've, I don't know. Other facts, they're facts. <laughs> oh, Matthew, Matthew McCrory, I think, could be a kind of unsung hero. He was tiny, um, the giant. Son. I had uh, wondered uh, about finding out what he actually looks like because obviously. With the prosthetics and stuff they put on mm. him, all the burn stuff. Have you ever seen Big Fish, Tim Burton film? Yeah, he's the giant in Big Fish, and he's in a he's in a Marilyn Manson video. He's in Coma White. He's in a few others, and yeah, he was actually about he was uh, going to play Andre the Giant in like a biopic of oh, Andre really? the Giant, um, but unfortunately he died. But mm. he but it's uh, it's not old or anything like that, but. Um, uh, the guy who played Hugo, Grandpa Hugo, um, he died in between completing House of a Thousand Corpses and it actually coming out. And similarly, uh, Matthew McCrory died during post-production on Devil's Rejects, because he's in Devil Rejects as well, Tiny's in there. And uh, again, he... Um, so both films... Are, sorry, so House of a Thousand Corpses is dedicated to... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis Fimple and Dell's Rejects is dedicated to Matthew McCrory um, but yeah and but he sort of he he appeared in a lot I think he was in like Charmed and stuff like that as well he ended up playing quite a few sort of giants no doubt he would have been in Game of Thrones but um, but yeah unfortunately I mean it was sort of natural cause I think it was just his sheer size yeah um, but he was he was quite young he was about 33 I think, oh, yeah, when he died. But he'd, yeah, he'd, he, uh, he was in the Guinness Book of Records for uh, the biggest shoe, uh, biggest shoe size ever. Um, he was seven foot six. Mm. Apparently, Bloody when he was born, he, uh, I think then they said he was born. He was like a foot long. <laughs> so wow. But yeah, but I, I love just it, it's his timing in this that I love. Yeah, I just love his. Despite the fact he never says a word. It's like when uh, Otis looks at him after he lets the girl go, yeah. and he just sits there with his dog bowl on his lap and just kind of puts his hand up with the air yeah. and goes, Don't know. Yeah, <laughs> not my fault. What can I say? <laughs> but also, it's just even when she's going, and he just sort of waves. Yeah, you and know, he's on eating his cereal. He, out of a dog it's, bowl it's, it's not much of a role, and he makes it really mm. charming. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, but there's, I mean, I think, uh, I think the thing with we should discuss probably is the fact that it so you've got essentially a seri- a killer film a murder film sort of texas chainsaw massacre sort of manson family 
you know, uh, bit Ed Gein, you know, just classic sort of serial killer style movie. Then they get put in the coffin and yeah. lowered into the ground. Yeah. And then I had a question supernatural mark. Yeah. shit yeah. happens. And then it all Something. goes mad. Yeah. yeah. That that was always my not issue with it. I I did like the film. But yeah, and again all of that is left out of the set. So it's like mm. it's all it's just as you say, it's just a mental serial killer and then all of a sudden they have this weird supernatural bit for no apparent reason for the last with, ten minutes. With the character of Doctor Satan who but, they hear about on the murder. And the characters yeah. who come out of the mud and sink back into it. Yeah. And the guy but is is the, this does that sort of explain why the family is so twisted? Because there's some sort of you know, I don't know. I, don't, I, just, I, I really force. like the film, so I don't think it spoils the film, but I don't think it needs it necessarily. The, the way the way I always looked at it was, I thought it may have been like the the final girl, Denise. Mm. I thought it was almost a breakdown. Yeah. Hmm. Like she gets lowered into that coffin, and I think that that's where they leave them. You know, if 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 we stick to them as a real life group of killers, as they yeah. are in Devil's Rejects, they're just outlaws. Yeah. Um, and I think it's almost like her mind snapping. She's had all the crap talked about Doctor so Satan and everything oh, to she's her, yeah. and she and her getting out of the coffin is that in her head. Hmm. Never thought of that. You know, no, almost, that, it's all, like a sort of fugue state, like a, a hallucination, because she also has the bizarre dream about the Doctor Satan grave. Yeah, she does. And the thing about the swamp apes and stuff, uh, skunk apes, like yeah. dream as well, yeah. doesn't she, and stuff like that. So I didn't. I kind of thought maybe that's what that is, or possibly not. That, that you know, definitely, that, you know, you could explain it that way. I think yeah. that's reasonable. But and then so so she works her way painfully towards salvation. Or... Yeah, and past the thousand corpses, I suppose, mm. which are well uh, creatively arranged, and then into that house where there's some other people sitting there eating possibly human bits that the doctor has chopped yeah, off. Yeah, well, because they're that's what she sees. They're meant to be the mental patients that you know he's meant to be creating right. a race of super soldiers from mental patients okay and so what is he though I... see this is the thing is he's in... got lots of Marilyn Manson-esque type yeah, contraptions he's, he's, got, he's like a sort of half cyborg he's got a respirator yeah. on he might be talking through a voice box yeah. you know it seems and here's the weird thing is in the Devil's Rejects like we say it doesn't none of that is in Devil's Rejects no, none of that okay. everything up to the point of the coffins yeah. going into the ground could still be yeah. followed on in Devil's Rejects. But there is a deleted scene from Devil's Rejects of Dr. Satan in a hospital bed. Mm. And he just bites a nurse's face off. Mm. Like it's like a sort of classic lecture thing almost, where yeah. he's just sort of lying there. And he is just the shriveled sort of old man with a respirator. He hasn't got any of the mechanical mm. arm sort of sling things or anything like that. And it's sort of, so, you know, so it's weird because Rob Zombie obviously was going to try and bring it into it, but yeah. didn't. And then maybe he just thought that fucked up the flow of Devil's Rejects and he left it out. But it's it's a weird thing. Apparently, in the original version of 
Devil's Reach uh, of A House of a Thousand Corpses. That sequence wasn't in it, and basically they got to the point of where he's you know where he's uh, he comes in wearing her dad's face. Yeah. And then he takes it off and he's saying, right, you want to see Dr. Satan? It's all real. Yeah. I will show you. And then it was he was just going to point to Hugo, Grandpa Hugo, and just go, it's that pathetic old fuck there. Mm. Where it's kind of like... the So it maintained the reality of it, but it's almost like the banality of the evil is he's like, no, he's just that silly old fuck there. Yeah. He's past and it it's... now. I'm in charge of this yeah. now. I do this. See, I, think I'd like, mm. I think I'd like that more. But mm. I love the aesthetic of that last that, is, there is yeah. no There it's is no the question. Problem. That is proper... It is a yeah. serious scene. And, and weirdly enough, I think that's the thing. Because of, like we were saying about it, being like a pure jolt of Rob Zombie's imagination. Mm, yeah. To not have supernatural stuff in yeah. there would feel wrong. Might be missing yes. some it's of what... so yeah. ingrained in his music and his yeah, aesthetic yeah. that there's the horror... You know, that's, otherwise well, zombie, it's, zombie. Yeah, really. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's there from the name down. It's mm, sort of yeah. True. And yeah, named after a Bella Lugosi film, White Zombie. So it's like oh, yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, so I think that there's that might be a bit of a trudge for you though. That's a bit of that's a very slow White, going. White Zombie's bit. okay, but mm. it's yeah. I enjoy it, but it's it is a an acquired taste. I think it's one of those you have to have watched a lot of black and white mm. movies. To appreciate how slow they go for that one to go very, very That's true, very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, this, just, just a thing. I mean, this this comes up in Devil's Rejects anyway. But um, the characters are all named up. The Firefly Clan are all named after various Marx Brothers characters, <laughs> and they actually bring a guy in who's like an in Devil's Rejects. Like the police bring in because they're sort of running the investigation. They bring in a guy mm. who's an expert on the Marx Brothers. Who looks like Groucho? He's like got the moustache and glasses, and he's sort of like, yeah. And uh, but he insults Elvis Presley, and the uh, sheriff Wydell's brother uh, threatens to lock him up and knock him the fuck out if if he insults the king in his presence again. So <laughs> mm. the music for the second one as well. They um, so there's a there's a band in the second one. Uh, oh yeah, it's two guys. And they actually made a whole album by this apparent band. And I had no idea, because I hadn't seen the film at this point. I think. No, and you had seen the film, you soppy soft. And then I, I lent you the CD. And I went and Googled, because I was like, oh, this is funny. It's like proper country, it's mm. like comedy country. It's really good. And I went and Googled it, and it was like, oh, yeah, these two were killed by serial killers. And I was like, shit, did you know they were killed by serial killers? And he went, you wanker, they're not a real band. It's mm. from a film. And I was like... Oh, I didn't really like the film. I didn't. Yeah, I so I think you tuned out at that yeah. point. So that, but yeah, and there's a band called Banjo and Sullivan. But if you want, this is possibly the finest title for a country song <laughs> ever. I'm at home getting hammered while she's out getting nailed. <laughs> now that's just beauty. Yeah. Dick Soup is Dick Soup is a close second actually. And they, they they do a very good version of Freebird as well. Yes, they do a really good. Version. So, but again, it was sort of that's um, yeah, that's like Devil's Rejects, but yeah. So Rob Zombie, but in fairness, he did create much in the same way like they did with the Blair Witch. It was like that online marketing thing where so there was a sign up Googled in memorial it, it a, of yeah. Banjo and Sullivan. So if you went and Googled them, it was just the first thing that came yeah. up. And if you just read it and never went beyond that, you'd go, "Holy shit!" Well, I did anyway, but I'm yeah. a muppet. But yeah. 
Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I've never noticed before the pig. Uh, pigs is beautiful t-shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's wearing when the police come in. So that, that That's was fucking brilliant. That was like a pretty it, good exchange as well because he was pushing it, mm. and he obviously wanted to be in charge, but couldn't be completely yeah. overpowering to them. So no. it was a little bit of a back and forth. He has to it be a bit, good. Yeah, yeah. So but, can try it. With so it, I yeah. thought that yeah. Uh, I think that's script the, writing was good there. I think that's the thing with it. I really liked everything about this mm. film. Well, not everything. I liked this film. But yeah, so to go from this to Halloween was yeah. just Disappointing. So, so uncomfortable for me. Mm. And then, yeah, for H2 to follow it, I was like, he's just going from mm. bad to... And then Devil Rejects I didn't like. And I was literally at the point of writing him off when Lords of Salem... Lords of Salem, yeah. See, Yes. See, Devil's Rejects, I love Devil's Rejects, but it's because, in a way, I think it is because it is purely... An extension of this. It's an extension or... of this, but it's it's purely the killer. Because weirdly enough, yeah. the, one, the one problem I have with House of... Not a problem, but I like the ending sort of doesn't work for me because of the Doctor Satan bits. Yeah. And although I've kind of skewed it in my head, I mm. kind of know that it's kind of meant to be real, maybe. I mean, the only thing that takes me to that as well is that at the end when she crawls out and then she's in the car and then Otis comes up and yeah. goes to stab her, yeah. I imagine that at the point of her being attacked, she then flashes back to her horror state and that's why she sees herself on the table being operated on by Dr. Zane. Okay, I assumed that he didn't actually kill her there. Yeah. And then, yeah, she woke up and was then being... Yeah. So, but that's the thing is it could, it could yeah, work it can either work yeah. you know there's a, it's a lot of confusion whereas mm. I think Devil, and Devil's just, Rejects I think just sort of plays the the, the sort of Manson-esque side of it to the hill it really yeah. feels like because I think that's the thing that happens with Halloween is he does there's no doubt about it he knows his serial killers mm. I mean he's got paint, mm. the paintings that are up in Spalding's thing he's got yeah. he's got Peter Sutcliffe he's got Dennis Nielsen um Hindley and Brady, it, yeah. Ed Gein, Albert Fish, Lizzie Borden. You know, he's got all these things up there. And in Halloween, he like he makes Michael Myers a classic serial killer. It's like torturing animals, mm. uh, bad home life. Whereas Michael Myers in the original, it doesn't have any reason to be what he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I think, yeah, it's, uh, but then Lords of Salem is truly brilliant. And I've still not seen 13, but I know both you and Dean have both 31. said it. 31, sorry, yeah. And I know both you and Dean have sort of said, well, so bad, so bad. So I could have imagined that with this, he'd had sort of plans for this film for a while. And then if it did well, then he's like, I want to do some more, but mm. maybe rush them, uh, you know. At one point, I think before he even did House of a Thousand Courses, at one point he was up for doing, he was up to do like one of the the Crow sequels. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. or something like that. So I think him, because he, cause he directed like most of the, certainly I think he directed most of the Rob Zombie videos and probably, I mean, certainly you can tell from the albums to everything, he it, designs everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's absolutely not auteur in whatever he, band he's in. He's even mm. the animated sequence in Beavis and Butthead Do America is so like. Sorry, they're all animated, but the 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 Rob the um, like hallucination sequence yeah. is so clearly Rob Zombie. It's unreal. Did he do that? Yeah, you know the bit I where it's like they're tripping that, out. But... 
Yeah, it's yeah. exactly but, his artwork from every album yeah. he's ever done. So now I've said that, you can just say, oh yeah, mm. clearly. It, it makes is perfect Robert. sense. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Who else could it have possibly made? So I think, yeah, I think that... Um, so I think he was... I think it was on the cards for him to do a film for a while, and I don't know whether it just sort of... Well, I mean, it took three years for him to get this out after he'd finished it. Mm. Because of the dispute with Universal, so, yeah. Mm. So I was gutted with... I, I missed him in Salem by... I think it was a month, maybe two months. So we went to Salem. Yeah. And we went to a place called Count Olock... Count Orlock's Horror Museum or something. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just a small museum of props from movies and uh, it, it was all, yeah, horror movie-related stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fantastic. I loved it. It took about 20 minutes to walk around. It was only small, but it was really, really good. And when we got home, I liked it so much that I followed them on Facebook. Yeah, and I think it was like a month, six weeks after we got back, suddenly the guy who owned it, who would just, he walked around the whole time and he had like a secret passage. So you'd get halfway round and all of a sudden he'd just be standing behind you. And he seemed to do it to everybody. Mm. It was quite funny. But yeah, there was a photograph of him standing with Rob Zombie going, look who just showed up. And I was like, oh, fuck, how did I miss him? So, yeah, and then all of a sudden, three months later, it was like, oh, apparently he's making loads of Salem. I was like, oh, so he was clearly out scouting, mm. uh, scouting uh, locations. But I, be- like I believe that's, because that, that was the thing, is I believe he's he's local to, like, I think he comes from near whatever, where's Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. I think he comes from Massachusetts. That would not um, But <laughs> because, uh, because, yeah, because I, re- I was reading a thing where they were sort of, they were saying, oh, do you feel that Rob Zombie's sort of wallowing in redneck, sort of, you know, is he, mm. is it a cheap shot because he's not from the South, so does he get to be all about it? And it was like, I think we're stretching it too far a fucking point here, aren't we, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, let's be fair. I don't think there's many more redneck than him. <laughs> no, but I think, I, I can understand, I can understand the idea of it. It's like, oh, you're saying that, oh, he's claiming that you go down to Texas and it's like this and it's like, yeah, but I've heard Texans tell me that. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it's, there's clearly something. Yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't be there. And also, you know, it's kind of his, it's his Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so where else are you going to set it? Yeah. And, you know, I think one last thing that I think I need to mention, mm-hmm. the tape recording that gets lowered in with them mm. when they're being lowered. Yes. With Friends. Bury me in a nameless grave. Uh. That is Alistair Crowley reading mm. his own poem, The Poet, and it's the first line looped and slowed down. I had a feeling, when it came on, I was like, I'm sure somebody's told me this is Crowley before, mm. and I can't remember where I heard it. It was very probably you. Yeah. But yeah. I only found I out I do love that. Oh, was so, it really? Yeah. Somebody, that wasn't you then. So some, somebody else had told me that because I knew it. I was like, I'm sure this is Crowley, but I didn't know there was any actual audio recording. Oh, yeah, game. yeah. Somebody had when, told me it before. So. The weird thing is, is, when you hear him, it's, it's actually... I think a lot of it's also that thing that everyone sort of like on early... Everyone on our recording devices, there's a big portion of a high pitch like that. But it's sort of, yeah, they've slowed it down definite for effect because it would have sounded like Kenneth Williams <laughs> sort of coming down with you. But also, um, some of the the paintings that aren't paintings of serial killers in in um, behind Spalding's counter mm. are 
reproductions of the murals from the Abbey of Thelema in Italy. You know Crowley's sort of temple out there oh, where he's painting. Yeah. So there's a vein of Crowley running through this. Yeah. Unsurprisingly enough. Yeah. yeah I like that. Yeah. Fun facts. Fun facts. Okay, so would you? So what did you make of it? Would you watch? What would you? If you were to rate that film, I know we don't always do ratings because mm. we're a bit shit. We, we did it once. I think. We did it <laughs> Oh, and we did it for Big Trouble as well. Yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was just an easy... Because we gave it an 11. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, what, are we actually going to give it a rating? I'd just like to know, ratings? if we... If what were you... Would... Where, would you where would you put it out of 10? That's the best way. I, I'd probably put it... Edge into 8, I reckon. Okay, that's good. That's so, good. It's, a, it's a strong 7.5, maybe 8. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um... I think I think actually that's probably not far off for me. I'd say probably about eight. Yeah, it's. I mean, Lords of Salem's a ten. No, I wouldn't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. See, the difficulty out, with like with a single number, I don't feel like it encompasses exactly. Well, I mean, this is yeah. Because no, I could rate a lot of aspects high, but then I think an overall number, I I would probably like the story. To be slightly more, I suppose, deep, perhaps, yeah, but it's not meant to be, so it's no, hard to no. say. But so that's it's why it's subjective. I think it's definitely one of those ones where somebody said to him, "Your music videos look nice." Yeah, like so that's something it. that looks nice. So yeah. he's gone right. Well, I quite like these films. We'll cobble those bits. He does it in mm. a very good way. I'm not yeah. saying that in a negative way. What I'm saying is. He's someone that who is what isn't a meant movie to be, writer. Like, yeah, and they've just gone go and make something that looks like one of your music videos so he's just gone that's a story we could do something with that see I think just... that's, some, that's something that even in even in the less likeable films that's something that happens is that he does become better at narrative yeah mm. as he goes along so, yeah, well, he, even like I mean Halloween's already basically it's the John Carpenter film anyway but mm. um, but yeah he does I think he gets better at doing that because House of the House of Corpses I love it I love Moment, I love very mo- various moments. I love most of the lines, but it is it's it's none too deep. It is and I, a classic. Yeah, yeah, but I think also I at the moment I'm still probably swayed towards the more supernatural horrors mm-hmm. rather than slasher yeah. sides. So it's yeah, it's always going to be harder. I think for me to write yeah. slasher movies as high as I would. Supernatural, ones, probably, yeah. Just sorry, just to go back to that very quickly, though. Yeah. Um, what you said about uh, the way that his narrative improves. I was thinking about this myself the other night when I was thinking about watching this film, and what I realised is, effectively, it's his first movie. So if he were anybody else, and he wasn't Rob Zombie, this would be his film that he would have made in college. It's his one, as you say, get everything in there, make it look. But he's had to do that on such a massive platform with so many... You know, you make mm. a shit film in college, nobody sees it. It's all right. And then by the time people see your stuff, you've had a few years to hone your tap. This guy, everybody's watched his first film because it's Rob Zombie. And as you say, he's had no experience and no practice. So I think he did a fantastic job for what he did. But yeah, it's nice to be able to see that. Whereas I say, most people did take their college film and go... I'm going to hide that because it's not really very good. Whereas his is 
it's out there for the world to see and everybody's going to see it because it's his film yeah he, he's definitely going to get he's going to get more attention for his debut feature than most first time horror directors yeah. without any sort of previous so, yeah, yeah. Like I remember people saying Rob Zombie's made a film and thinking I really should watch that just because it's Rob Zombie's made a film mm. well, I did exactly I the same I, did. Only, I only watched well, it because, because Adam went his films out. His yeah, and I, was I mean like, that, that stood out to me. It was like, whoa, you know. I think because because I, I read I read a lot about it, mm. and um, and the curious thing was is that I had, and this was on video, I had taped off the horror channel, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. And Spider Bait. You did because you lent me that. Yeah, they, tape. yeah, they were on the same tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. And basically, it's so it's uh, Bill Mosley, Otis, and um, Sid Hay, Captain Spaulding. It's their two iconic films that they made. Essentially, the reasons why I feel Rob Zombie got them in House yeah. of a Thousand Corpses. And it was just weird that I had this tape that had linked those two. And then, By complete accident. yeah, and then sort of like when I saw the films coming out, and it was like, oh, hang on, and actually, I don't think Sid Haig didn't register because I don't think the name had registered with me. I just because yeah. Spider Baby, I just thought, oh, it's that Lon Chaney film, yeah. Um, Sid but, Haig is so young in it, oh, yeah, yeah, no, he is, he is ridiculously <laughs> young, in it. he's ridiculously young in THX uh, 1138 as well, he's really young in that, but um, but yeah, I think that's so. I just I was sort of hyped about it and yeah and I just sort of I so I read a lot so I kind of knew a lot going into it and it's really nice to have watched it cool blimey it must be 10 years since oh, I really? watched it probably because I'm fairly certain I never I didn't I don't think I've ever watched it since I've watched The Devil's Rejects oh right okay and then I might and then I because I watched it quite a few times yeah and then Devil's Rejects came out, and I watched that a few times. And then I think you never I, went back. To I it. never went back to the House of a Thousand Corpses from there, or I never did them as a double bill or something yeah. like that. And so, just so you liked Devil's Rejects, I I, re- I really like Devil's Rejects, but I can because un- I can understand because it's not it's not the same. It doesn't have that same aesthetic. It's not like it doesn't immediately feel like it. You've got the same actors in it. Well, not not because it's a different actress playing Mama Firefly. It's Leslie Easterbrook from Police Academy playing Mama Firefly in oh, Devil's Rejects. Yeah, and it's, it's a different guy playing Rufus, the forgotten Firefly, as well. But um, there's yeah, so so um, but it kind of almost feels that someone else took over. Yeah. And again, I think it's probably that maturity. That Rob Zombie was gaining as he was doing. Yeah, as you say, this is his full film by this point. Yeah, he yeah, because he's done. He's yeah, he'd done mm, both okay. Halloween, both the Halloweens yeah. before he did that. So. And yeah. you say you weren't as keen on it. I didn't like it. Didn't, I, didn't like, okay. Um. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it had the same aesthetic. Although it was still nicely shot mm. and well directed. What I liked about this one was all the cutaways yeah, and the glare. Uh, that really was great. And I think, again, like you say, it, it, it reminds you of Rob Zombie. Yeah, it, it, uh, had, it didn't have any of that. It was mm. just a, a desert road. Yeah. In, in, in many ways, the most it's like anything in that film is the sequence with the police. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
it that is the most that feels so like. So I could imagine that being good, but if you compare it and oh, you like the elements yeah, in this, yeah, then it would feel a, a bit lacking. And yeah. there was a lot of brutality, which again mm, I know, okay. which sounds a bit like a pussy, but it's that long scenes of like they get a couple in a hotel room, and he basically just. Torture. tortures mm. her and makes him what and I was like yeah, yeah this isn't entertaining it's not, it's not it makes me so uncomfortable the majority of it's not it. even torture it's more tormenting yeah yeah, yeah. it's psychological uh, there's a lot of psychological torture oh, yeah, as well yeah, as brutality yeah. it, you know it's 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 hard going yeah and that's and I don't get on with that it makes me too uncomfortable and I just can't there's a point at which I think I actually, it's the first time we watched it, I got up and you, went outside yeah, and yeah. smoked halfway through, despite yeah, the fact yeah. I hadn't smoked for two years at that point. Yeah. I was like, I'm going out for a cigarette because I'm mm. not watching this. No, it was good. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It does have an intensity to it. And that's the thing. is It, so it, it maintains that throughout. It's yeah, really, and, yeah. And also, I think the other thing that's weird with Devil's Rejects is, I mean, it's the same. House of a Thousand Corpses, you are kind of meant to be on the... Take the like the victim's side. Hmm. They sort of annoy me. Yeah. But you know, I've got to pretend to be a nice person, so <laughs> I'll say you know they don't deserve what they get. Yeah. But but I sort of but just not being funny. The fireflies seem to be having a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the point. It, it's 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 a bit like we were saying about uh, we were saying about I was um, perfect host where it's like it sort of brings yeah. out it brings out the. Uh, it brings out the sort of the fun side of being <laughs> fucking crazy, and and I think that's the thing. Is uh, but whereas um, Devil's Rejects, it's them versus the vengeful brother of the sheriff who is as vicious and fucked up and okay. crossing the line. In the, he's not. It's not even Dirty Harry. He gets like he gets to the point of like sort of. Uh, he becomes as they are yeah. and at that point who the yeah. fuck are you rooting for because it's like that's well, kind of interesting you, but it, yeah. it's, still, it's still great but it, yeah. it, it does I think because of like you say there's, there's a lot more brutality and a lot more reality mm. I mean even that I mean there's a lot of stuff in there because it's so stylised and you yeah. have the jump cuts and everything you don't quite get the full effect of what they're actually doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the thing. Like, obviously, there's the girls in that, and he's torturing it's, them and mm. killing them. But you don't see it. You mm. just see them tied up, and you know they've been there. You know what's happening, but you don't but, see it. Yeah. Apart from her smacking that girl with a doll, you don't really mm. see any of them yeah. getting getting tortured. You, do, you see, you see the final outcome. Yeah. You see yeah. the bodies, but you don't actually... Yeah, like the fishman. Yeah. yeah. But I think, yeah, I think with, um, hmm. with Devil's Rejects, you kind of, it's like, it's basically, I think that's probably the reason why I like it, to be honest, is it's one of those films where it's like, well, isn't this hopeless because literally everyone's a shit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and but, you know, I kind of agree with that, but, yeah, I can see why that's not everyone's cup of tea. So, so <laughs> a, a good man turned... Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't. You know, like it's, a revenge movie in a lot of yeah. Scenes, yeah. A revenge character. Actually, in a lot yeah, of it has that films. sort of. It does have that sort of feel like um, Death Wish and that sort of thing, where it's like, in the end, it's like, 
you're fucking flamethrowering people on the street and yeah. you killed the people who killed your family two films ago, mate. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Why are you still going there? Yeah. Clearly is bad, isn't it? The man who killed my milkman will pay. <laughs> right, we're going to have to wrap this up because I think mm. we've been going for about an hour and a half. At oh, this Jesus. Um, so we're, we're, if we go longer than the film, do we? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so next movie. Mm, um, yeah. Would you like us to pick something, or would you like to? I was thinking what we may do is maybe you pick a decade and then a genre, like a subgenre, and then we'll hash something out in that. Or would you rather us just go? Why don't you watch? Yeah, this? I, I still at the moment I still like you just you know really okay. going for whatever you think because I'm I'm up for anything. Okay. Um. We've definitely Thoughts, mentioned Adam. some others. Um, well, there's there's a couple that I've had brewing around my head. Mm. Um, oddly enough, because I, I know we said earlier that we've not seen, uh, you know, we were saying we haven't seen any Peter Cushing. We've not seen the Cushing. But there was a part of me that then said, for some, for some bizarre reason, the first film that came to my mind was Shockwaves. I don't know why. I've never seen Shockwaves. You've never seen Shockwaves? Oh, right. Okay. So that would be the first one you haven't seen. Yeah. Ah. Um, the other that I've been thinking about, which is, well, sort of more up to date, I think it's the last five years, is The Mist, which... That is a good film. And also, I'm just thinking, it'll probably be the most up to date film we've watched. Yeah. uh, Because... Um, how uh, Woman in Black Woman in Black 2012 is it? 12 was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think the mist. Might be older actually. Adam going to check now. Yeah. But um, definitely around that same sort. Actually, I think it might be older, but not by a lot. No. But that is a good film. Yeah. Um, and we would then have to decide: Are we going to watch it in colour, or in black and white? Um, because the DVD. Two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven. So it is, it is young, uh, 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 or, 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 or um, uh, uh, the other one that came up in my head, which was, um, I've got it, but I haven't even watched it yet, which is The Void. I've heard good things about The Void. I have the seen Void. The Void. Oh yeah, and? I liked it. Cool. I did well, like it. Because I'm thinking that would be the most up-to-date film that we've watched then. We could definitely watch that. It's a lo- much lower budget film as well, and we haven't yeah. done any low budget stuff yet, have we particularly? So, um, yeah. Should we go with the void? Should we do that? I think we should. Should we do another film? Should we do another? Do another void? Do another darling. In a fortnight, we'll do the void. As I said, I've watched it. I watched it on a Sunday afternoon of a hangover. So, um, <laughs> so, fair enough. Yes, it feels like it was 20 minutes long, and I'm guessing it wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, I was a lot in and out. For, but uh, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely oh. thought it was good. Yes, yeah, we'll definitely. Right. The void. Excellent. Right, let's do it. When next we three shall meet, it will be the void. Uh, we've forgotten this every week so far. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please contact us. Uh, you can reach us at info at welcometohorror.co.uk. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Welcome to Horror. Uh, and we also have the Facebook page. Please come and have a chat with us. Give us your feedback on the films. Uh, give us any suggestions you think anything that we might have missed or yeah, just any, bollock any, us for getting stuff wrong yeah is it welcome underscore to underscore horror is that if, you, if you put in welcome to horror it, it should find up. it okay. yeah 
um, yeah, uh, follow us there, and um, we're, we're now on iTunes, so you can subscribe to us on the, uh, on the podcast oh, but By this point, we've been on iTunes for about three months. Yeah, but... Mm. <laughs> yeah, but, but we are on iTunes. We are. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We're, and SoundCloud. There's a time yeah. dilation that takes place once you're in there. It's like, you know, it's, it's like the future war, you know, we've gone so far forward, we're coming oh, back to ourselves, yeah. you know. Yeah, right. He's absolutely right. Yeah. When, when we get back, everyone's going to be 80. Oh, Literally everyone, just, they're just all marry up. People who are over 80 are coming back, <laughs> under 80 are coming forward, and we'll just be there going, yeah, that's right, check out the dogs. I oh, thank you. No. Right.